Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sando, joined, as always, by the Duke to my birdie. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for uh, get those numbers up. Duke, don't dance with pineapple, baby, and our very own Miles. That's right. It's Eric Ronenbeck. Eric, how are you doing? Oh, I'll take Miles. I'll take it. Overrated, 100%. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> You're you're filth, you're the filthy richest of the, all of us. You you're the one that has like a cabin on a private island that you go to. Uh, so that's why I made you uh made you the miles, Eric. Uh, so let's uh, let's start with this. Let's start with the uh, the old Seahawks versus Rams game as we as we are wont to do. Uh, not a whole lot of interesting things happened in this. It was slow. It was boring, and uh, we came up with big plays when we needed them. And that, that's like really all I have to say about that. I do want to talk about a couple specific players for me. Uh, I'm going to, I'll start on defense for me, the defense, the thing that player that's been really standing out to me lately in general is Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs, Nino. Uh, plays, he had an interception where he pointed to the sideline, which was pretty awesome. <laughs> pointed right uh, at Bobby. <laughs> yeah. He pointed right at Bobby Wagner. And I was like, oh, that's great. I like that a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. The, the thing for me and that about the way he's been playing lately. And the thing, another thing that too, is that he was so far away from Van Jefferson when that ball was thrown. I really thought for sure. I was like, Oh man, that's, that's a touchdown. He, Cause he hasn't at the beginning of this year, he didn't have the speed like he seems to have now. And we talked about this, like I think around week 10, we had a conversation about how maybe Quandre isn't totally 100% back from injury. It might take, take a fear before he's literally like what he was before. And we're really starting to, we're getting close to that one year point, right? Is it? Yeah. So, so yeah, that, so that, that's, I think that there was some, some coming back from the injury for Quandre still to be done, even though he has played for most of the season, he has not been the same guy until these last few weeks. And it gets me excited about next year because yeah, we have a lot of cap committed to safeties, but, but <laughs> Quandre and, uh, and Jamal should both be fully healthy for going in next year. And that should be really exciting. So I'm, I'm happy that he's starting to really kind of feel like the guy that, that we, uh, we've had the last couple of years again. That's been great. We were worried, uh, geez, about a month ago that, you know, do we get rid of Quandre Diggs in the off season? What does it mean yeah. for us if we do that? Um, I'm feeling a little better about keeping him around, especially with his Earl Thomas esque interception at the end of the game. Yeah. I mean, he have, for his season, the last three weeks are three of his three of his top four pro football focus rated games. I mean, that's just he's just been excellent these last four four weeks, and so our last three weeks, and it's just it's it's nice to see. And it wasn't bad competition either. Kansas City at Kansas City, he was good, right? And and that that's a tough tough opponent. And he's had back interceptions and back to back weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's capable of. And I am excited to see him line up this week against a, a rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, and see if he can get another interception, make it three in a row. So, <laughs> I think the thing that, that really impresses me about his play is um, with so much uncertainty on the back end of the defense, with all the players moving in and out of those safety spots, with injuries, with signing guys onto the practice squad, or you know, signing guys off the practice squad, um, I feel like that didn't help things either. Um, safety is such a tandem position, especially in this style of defense that knowing what the other guy's doing is really important, you know, and he was working in a couple of rookie cornerbacks, really three unfamiliar cornerbacks, uh, all the way across the board. And we got, you know, Alexander Johnson and Tanner Muse and, 
and uh, some new some other new new faces rolling in and yeah it could, it, it's it's got to be hard being the captain of the defense right to to work all these new guys in but he's he's done an admirable job there I agree all right Kevin your guy had like ten pressures in this game uh, are you talking about Chenny Gold Jackets yeah that's my man nine, nine pressures nine one pressures sack, one sack three hits. And also, great, like, great respectable uh, edge play overall. Like, I know BFF doesn't like his uh, edge play, but I do. He was fine. Yeah. Um, he, he had it, four run stops, and he didn't have the linebacker help that we always expect. So it, it's just nice to see him. If he can play an average run blocker or uh, average uh, run stopper with the uh, level of um, pass rush that he gives us, then that's a, that's a really valuable asset. Yeah, going into next year, he should be a really big part of our defensive plans as either the the primary pass rusher or you know the number two guy to uh, to a, a budding rookie or uh, incoming veteran. Eric, yeah, uh, y- your your boy once again had to step up. Now, Cody Barton had to be kind of the the, the heart in the middle of the defense, and uh, I thought he seems to be sixty one snap my boy Cody right Barton. Now. He's back, is dude. It, he's back. Your guy. Okay, he's back because, and this is good. He's be- in preseason form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, this is gonna be controversial to say, and yeah, back all the way back to week three of the preseason. Um, <laughs> he's really stepping up with no Jordan Brooks. It's like Jordan Brooks in there is his kryptonite. I don't know if you noticed that, but since Brooks went down, he's like he's it's he's not maddening in his positioning anymore. Like he knows where he's supposed to be. It's it's like something like he feels like he has to be more responsible now. It's like um, it's like when your parent gives you the the house key for the first time, and you're like, oh, I am in charge of the house now. Cody you know, Martin and then he's not throwing any parties. This is a no party house. No. This is a studying house, exactly. and I will go to bed at nine p.m. Because mom and dad aren't home, and that's what they want. Um, you guys would have to tell me exactly where he lines up because I keep seeing him lining up about where he is. But I don't know if he's just taking that, like that middle linebacker it, responsibility. Not so much the yeah, spot. It seems but just like the he, responsibility. I don't know. It's, it seems like that's what they're doing. Yeah, they're 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 kind of moving those guys, and they've been doing that all year, right? They've the three three, and then the the five man fronts and and stuff like that. They've been doing stuff stuff like that all year that's kind of been our our kind of seems like our plan uh I also taylor noticed, had a nice well real quick ratio. i also noticed that barton is uh um i don't know if they asked him to change what he's keying off of or if he's just making his reads faster because he's so much more decisive and i think that's what's making the difference between him missing tackles or being out of a play and making tackles like the last i don't know six games he's been like last time a, a solid linebacker Less time to think about to overthink what you're going to do when you have to tell Tanner Muse what to do. (laughs) His whole key is yelling at Tanner Muse. If he can scream uh, at Tanner Muse, he needs needs another linebacker. He needs another linebacker. Well, no, he doesn't have to think about it. He just gets to do. You know, he doesn't have to think about it. He's a think out loud guy. Mafe got a sack, which is nice. You love to see a guy um, start to keep start to build some success at the end of the year like him. Um, look nice. Uh, they did. They kind of have him and Taylor on a uh, passing running rotation. It seems like as Mafe got 14 run defense snaps and nine pass rushes, and then Taylor kind of flipped that with the 10 run defense and the 18 pass rushes, and Taylor picking up a sack as well. Bruce Irvin, Renaissance man, two sacks involved in two sacks. Uh, 
Love Bruce. He looks so good out there. I want to say on the quarterback. Yeah, he's just he's just he's a good football player, and it's nice to have him around. It's the kind of veteran influence that this young defense needs. A uh, nice positive veteran influence. I want to give props to Shelby Harris. Shelby Harris, Shelby Harris, getting in his first playoff game, first winning season, also uh, has to feel good. Coming off a trade where I think maybe even Shelby Harris himself would have said, "Like I'm going from the good team to the bad team," and then he he worked his worked his ass off. There's no way to put it. And now here we are, nine and eight, uh, finding our way into the playoffs. Uh, okay, let, let's, let's a, go. He to had a great a, comment when he was traded. He said, I found out I was traded and I immediately was like, oh, I get to play with Russell Wilson on Russell Wilson's team. And then I found out that he was part of the trade and I said, okay, well, I have a great opportunity in a good defensive scheme and I'm excited to see what happens. And it paid off for him. I like this I mean, line the after of- the Broncos game where he said, that's what happens when you trade your best players. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think wait. it's cool. Shelby Harris, it's cool that he um, he's just found so much success and that we changed our defensive system and getting him was like a big piece of why it, it even sort of works. Like you can tell when Harris is there and, and Neil is there. Like there are certain guys that really kind of key our defense and make it look really good, and he is one of them. Yeah, Harris um, and Al Woods are the two guys that are down linemen that um, that make the, uh, the three down front work. Yep. And okay. Uh, before we go to the offense, I want to talk because I mentioned the Lions and I want to talk from an emotional standpoint going into Sunday night football before the game. Um, how did you feel, Eric? How are you feeling about about the game? Were you like we like the Lions? They're not going to be motivated. Uh, or did, ha- did I have you convinced from last week? My argument that they would not matter and in fact might even help the Lions. Did I have you bought in or no, how- no, no. This is you're talking to the guy who picked confidently picked. <laughs> the Rams to beat the Seahawks. And I gave you all the reasons why it would happen. I'm here to eat the crow. I'm here for it. I love it. I hope there's gravy. If not, I'll eat it dry. I don't care. Something awesome happened. But I I kind of feel for Detroit that they didn't get in the playoffs and we're celebrating on their behalf. But it takes a special kind of team and a special coach to basically come into your team and like into the team meeting and say, hey, it doesn't matter what happens tonight between the Rams and the Seahawks, because we're either going to win this game to make the playoffs or win this game to keep those guys out of the playoffs. And the mm-hmm. Detroit Lions bought into that. Like that's some, that's some like hokey coach jargon yeah. and it worked. And you have the, their, the, the soul of their team, the very heart of their team is Jamal Williams. Yes. And an ex Packer who was cast aside by the Packers going to Detroit. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he brought a lot of this on himself. You can't lose to this team three times. And, you know, it's you can only give a team like the like the Detroit Lions, who have a bunch of guys who are going to be motivated to beat you anyway, so much bulletin board material before they're going to go out. They're going to play really hard. And, you know, to be honest with you, the first half of that game, I was like, these Lions are playing like crap. But the, the Packers didn't play good enough to put no, them away. No, it was away. so close. They, they were just hang. They were just letting them hang around. You can't let a motivated, good football team like that hang around because when they go in at halftime down, what was it, nine, nine six, six, nine, three? Yeah, they're down. They go into half down, down nine six, I think. And yeah, they're just they're just gonna go out there and they're gonna they're gonna get in there and they're gonna yell about how they got them right where they want them, right? Like if I was in that situation, sorry, there's something stuck in my keyboard. <laughs> there's there's uh there you're gonna be yelling about how you're you're down nine six. So yeah, I, I love that I'm story a, about the assistant coach getting on the elevators. The Lions. Oh, coach. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. he, goes, the story, he, uh, he sees the uh, uh, the Packers coaches across the way because you know it's the 
um, elevators to the to the coaching box. He goes, can't be the team three times, eh? And the guy goes like, oh yeah, real mature. And he goes, well, your quarterback said it. Right as the elevator yeah. doors close. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, offense performance. I'm just gonna say, uh, not, I was not Gino. Not impressed by anyone. Not Gino. Uh, Tyler Lockett was good. I'm giving Lockett his props. Our offensive but, uh, line. The, I thought our yeah. I thought our offensive line. I thought, I thought specifically oh. the three people I care about the most: Damian Lewis, uh, Abraham Lucas, and uh, Charles Cross. Um, the three guys that I think are the core of our future offensive line. They all had like had really solid to to very good games. Really workmanlike performance from Walker and Smith, where neither of them were great, but they did what they had to do. Yep. Uh, DK Metcalf is doing nothing to defeat the reputation he has of that like a really good cornerback zaps him i really want to i mean like yeah he wore ramsey like a backpack in the first game but he didn't have like an awesome game the first game and then this game goes three for eight for 40 he is physically dominant he should be able to to win against anyone it's it's frustrating sometimes to see him not be able to kind of get his in a way that maybe he should be able to so um continued evolution of dk in the playoffs is what i'm something i'm hoping for we see this week uh, he he has a really great game against uh, the, the the whiners. All right, any offensive players you want to mention? I, I glossed over offense because it was bad. <laughs> uh, not, can we just talk about Gino exciting. breaking, shockingly breaking oh, franchise records? Yes, I have it in I have it in my notes. <laughs> the Gino washed. I, I wrote Gino washed Russ out of the single season record book in the first year. And he didn't beat the he didn't beat the touchdown mark, but pretty much every other record. That's insane. Uh, I mean, complete, completions, attempts yards completion percentage uh nfl rating like just just a uh, dominant performance from gino that the thing that surprises me though is it's that he took it away from russ but also like i know russ had already eclipsed matthew hasbeck but hasselbeck was a throwing quarterback i mean we there wasn't any like running no option with him it was pass or sean alexander and he threw for a lot of yards and for gino to topple russ that means he he ascended the mountain. I mean, put him, put him up at the top. It's insane to think that that would happen, especially given how the season started. Like I would have never thought. Yeah. That. Here's the thing: is there there really just aren't there aren't that many four thousand yard quarterback seasons. Period. Um, and now Geno Geno Smith joins joins the list of um. I think there's let's see four thousand yards. Who has the most four thousand yard seasons? Wilson has four. The same number as Derek Carr. About Kurt you know, Warner. Geno Smith. Kurt Warner up there. Geno Smith joins him, joins him with one. Uh, Kurt Warner has less. The list I'm looking at only has people with three or more okay. on it. So he has so he has two or one. Kurt like, Warner may have had 5,000-yard seasons, so it may not matter. <laughs> oh, that'd be, that'd yeah, be cool. Seriously. Let's see. Kurt Warner's. Kurt Warner had a 4,300-yard season, a 4,500. So he had three 4,000-yard seasons. This list just must cut. This must cut off some of the threes. Uh, the last three on my list is Trent Green. I went on Stat Mutes and just wrote. That's who still has the good most company. Yard passes. And I, I'm. Oh yeah. I, I read that today. Jared, got, Jared Goff, three, three, four thousand yards. <laughs> well, let's stop. Right. Let's stop reading the list now. 
So let's do this. We're, what we're going to do is um, we're, before we really analyze uh, our chances against the 49ers, which you can go back to our last podcast. Not a lot has changed since then for me. Well, I'll talk about a few things that I feel differently about in a minute, but I wanted to go over our rooting interests. So what teams do we want to do well in the playoffs and what teams do we hope a Dynafire? I made a, a tier list, of course, a tier maker. Uh, so we'll start with the S tier. These are teams that we want to win the Super Bowl the most. Uh, and then it will be A, B, C, and D. And then I made another tier called Losers that I put all the teams that aren't <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh, I almost made an extra tier for the Lions and put like loser winners, but they, they're they're in losers too. Sorry, Lions. We love you, but um, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so so uh, let's start with the Seahawks. I'm going to put the Seahawks in S tier. This is the team I want to win the Super Bowl the most. Yes. Any uh, Any disagreement here? Uh, I, I think I think I'm down for that one. All right, good. Um, I would argue that there is no other team in the S tier because obviously we are Seahawks fans. There's not going to be a, so we're going to go right down to the A tier. Um, let's uh, should we each actually, pitch a team? It, let's do it by let's do it by team. Let's start with the ball the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. How are you feeling about the Ravens, Eric? I'm not all stoked on the Ravens. I don't think it's going to matter if Lamar Jackson comes back and something about. Maybe it's them not paying Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's just that I don't care for how their team plays. I I last year I'd have been all over the Ravens. This year, no. I think this is a no. But remember, it's not about it's not about how good you think they are. No, it's about how, how much do you, how much I want to see them win. How much do you how much do you love? Them? I yeah, don't exactly. love them that much this year. I'm putting them uh-huh. in the screw it C tier. They're in C tier for me. For me, I just really like Roquan Smith. I like watching him play since he has come to their defense. Their defense has really been playing like a fast, like really fun brand of football with the the linebackers, uh, him and Queen. And I just think that that's like really uh, fun to watch those guys fly around the field. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, too. Like they have just like this really fun defense that I, I quite enjoy. Um, and then they got those cool veterans with uh, with no hands like Jason Pierre-Paul. And th- the problem for me is that like I want I'm gonna root for the Ravens if Lamar is back because I'm like kind of a Lamar guy. Well, deep down in my heart, I love Lamar. If Lamar's back, they're a for me. If Lamar's not back, I'm not rooting for Snoop Huntley. Like I just don't care. Like and the, the like backup quarterback under and I'm definitely not rooting for Anthony Brown. I don't know if you guys watched Anthony Brown last week. I had to Google like I was like I cannot Anthony believe Brown, that where? he got into the NFL and then got to throw far too many passes in the NFL game. I watched him in college right at multiple schools. He, I, I don't know why this happened. Just not nineteen on. for forty four. Nineteen for forty four. Yeah, that's that's it, about right. Here's what I wonder: It's like, okay, so Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson, very good MVP. And then, then you you got Snoop Huntley, who's like basically like Walmart great value, great value Lamar Jackson. Yeah, okay? Tier one back. He's great. He's a fine backup. Great, you know, if you have to eat great value macaroni and cheese, like it's not as good as Velveeta, but you would eat it. It's not like it's bad. Okay, and just like that, Snoop Huntley, he's not bad. He's just. Anthony Brown is some level below that. It's like the expired, it's the expired mac and cheese from the grocery outlet. That's like, um, the, but the text is in Cyrillic, you know, like you can't even read it. Cause it's like from, it's from like, you know, yeah, it's uh, dollar Kazakhstan. store mac and cheese that has stuff that you're not allowed to sell in the United States, exactly. but they imported it, it back in legit, yeah. legit carcinogens in there. Like, I, I don't know. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm going to go, I think I, I, I could settle on B because I just, there's a lot of uncertainty around the Ravens. My rooting interest is low. And I normally would go a Eric, C. Are you okay with B or C, Kevin? Do you have a leaning on there? All right. So my only pitch for C, because I'm I'm kind of caught between the two. So my pitch for C is, why does Greg Roman keep getting to do an offense for Lamar Jackson? Good call. Like, yeah. if we just 
fire if, like if they so lose we, the so first round against the Ra- uh, do they against the ravens him? to try to get him a better coach yeah that, that'd be my right. c tear reason all right that's that's fine we can do c okay uh buffalo bills everyone knows i think buffalo bills fans and team are completely overrated so this i'm gonna i might i might just sit this out because i know that everyone else loves to root for the bills uh but what do you what do you i'll start like, off kevin start time. us off what do you what do you think uh, that's, that's i'm going, going b they have a fun offense They've got uh, good players on defense. We have the good vibes story with uh, with Hamlin and everything going on there. Um, I I can't root for them that much because they've been a front runner all season, and I just don't really root for front runners that much. Um, and also, their fans definitely like went through charming into like I'm just saying. Wait, wait, uh, they went through fans, charming my, into through tables. Well. That was part of the charm. Um, it's it, I think they're a little bit too Bostonian. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go B tier. Okay, are you you good with B? Also, Eric? I'm good with B. I really like them uh, mainly because I was a Bills fan in the '90s when you know the Seahawks were bad and I needed a secondary team that didn't suck. So you picked but an AFC team to like try to something more. about Jim Kelly and uh, Andre Reed. I I've loved Andre Reed for some reason. Uh, it's because he was really good at playing wide receiver. Well, he was really good at just running <laughs> super fast and getting 80 yard touchdowns. So yeah, uh, B tier is fine. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. For me, I love the players on this team yep. so much. A, it's an A for me. I don't like the coach. I have no like a special affinity for Cincinnati other than the chili. Mm. Oh, <laughs> one way, oh. two way, three way. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> you guys can hear that, right? Yes, I, yes. I, we we switched we switched apps, so I just wanted to make sure that that came through for y'all. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, yeah. What did uh, yeah, I'm into it. Be, uh, we going we going A for the for the for the Bengals. There's only one Any way objection? I feel about the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, that's A tier. Yeah, I'll take A tier. Yeah, I, I think I think if they're if the Seahawks don't win, I will be relatively happy if the Bengals do win. Well, also, what a lovable loser franchise! Like, like they they were an absolute dirt franchise for decades. Their <laughs> fans are basically just like, yeah, I just am really happy we don't get beat in the first round anymore. Like, there's no <laughs> ego there. There's like, we're really happy to be here in a Super Bowl. Would be really good, guys. Like, I'm I'm cool with it. Go for it, Cowboys. I'm gonna go D for Dallas. Go F for fuck Dallas. Uh, there, no I, I side with Kevin. <laughs> whoa, whoa, earmuffs, earmuffs yeah. for like. <laughs> F, F, Yo, uh, if, I'm going F for Fort Worth. Said, <laughs> if there's said, no F tier, so it's just D. Invent one. D is the lowest. Um, if, <laughs> there if, is if, now. I'm just saying if uh, if Dallas was mentioned and you didn't expect me to say something, that's on you. I'm just <laughs> here, Kevin. You need to, you need to say you need to just say it slower so I can be like <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So then. Let's go with uh, Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, I like the story. I like Doug Peterson. I like Trevor Lawrence's hair. Um, I find them very appealing. It's A or B. It's tough. Kevin um, immediately went A, and I, uh, I'm gonna. Jacksonville was my AFC team. Jack, in the 90s. Jackson Jackson Deville is really cool. We talked about this before. <laughs> <laughs> he is the best mascot. Has the funniest controversies. So I have a friend who lives in Jacksonville and on Facebook, that's, he's like an acquaintance, but like they were last year, it was like, man, the refs are screwing us. I'm like, nah, you just got a terrible team. Uh, but this year, every, as this year's gone on, it's just Duval every day. It's like (laughs) Duval. 
Um, is, that, is it too much? It's a little too much, but I, I will side with whatever tier high that we pick because this is house money. It's like the Seahawks. It's house money. They're probably not doing much. Go all the way, baby. I'm rooting for you. All right, we'll go A. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I love Andy um, Reid so much. I love Andy Reid. Love barbecue. It's the. It is the. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing about, about the Chiefs is that normally, like dynasties like this, where the team's good every year, are really annoying. Yep. And somehow this team is not. It's kind of likable. They're just like it's like the most likable dynasty of all time. It's annoying the way the announcers gush over Mahomes, though. I'm gonna put him in B tier. Behind the Bills, ahead of the Bills for me, obviously, but but uh, I, I, I think putting him in A is, is too aggressive. You know, so, yeah, I'd say only Patrick Mahomes can uh, get into B tier. So, um, all right, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm I'm, I mean, I'm going B as well. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against you guys if you really wanted to put it in A. I mean, no, because they it's are the like, most enjoyable dynasty. They got their Super Bowl, so I don't need them to win like another one. I'm right. not super rooting for them, but I also wouldn't mind if they did. Yeah, but we're like obviously rooting against them, uh, rooting for them against Dallas. We're rooting for them against. If it comes down to like Ravens. a really bad NFC team, and then Kansas City versus like a team that's going to lose to that NFC team, oh, it's all about Kansas City. Okay, uh, Los Los Angeles. I'm thinking C for Chargers. <sighs> I'm thinking C for you had your chance to deliver us the third pick in the draft, and you failed, Bobby Abear's kid. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm mad at the Chargers because of that. That's a big reason. Um, yeah, they I, just start. It's I, just like a schizophrenic team. that's not even fun to watch. I want to double down to D tier. Okay, I'm down. They with would that, be C tier if they didn't cost us the number three pick. Costing us the number three pick drops them one you more guys, tier. Yes, they are all about Dallas the pettiness territory. Of Kevin, Kevin Garber, the the pettiness <laughs> lives yeah, on. Well, you know, y'all convinced me. I mean, I'm I I usually love the Chargers. I think longtime listeners know. Like Chargers are. I love the uniforms. I love the colors. Your like quarterback Justin doesn't have Ad- a bolo tie anymore, though. I like I like Justin Adabat. The city French of San Diego <laughs> is great. French quarterback. <laughs> Justin Adabat. Um, okay. Uh, Miami Dolphins. I want to put them in D for Dolphins, but also D for we're going to try to get our quarterback's brain damaged, damaged I forever. I going to go C for concussions, so that's pretty similar. <laughs> Uh, I can't compete with any of those. Um, they're all... all right, Eric. Are we? You are know we, what? Are yeah. we C for concussions or B or D for brain? I, brain here, I got a I got a terrible joke. Hey guys, I'm going to go first on this one. <laughs> um, no. Yes, thank you, Kevin. Thanks, thank you. thanks to it. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, it's it's a shame oh. what they did, and it's a shame that like they're in the playoffs and no one in Miami cares. You're like we have, but. Waddle and like and Hill are so fun to watch, and so that's yeah, this, that, like it's a fun offense. They have a really I would root for them against Dallas, Dallas, so I think putting them in C is fair because I'm going to root for them against Dallas, and that's the bar <laughs> right now. And I'm going to root for them against the Chargers. C-tiers. So yeah, all right, Minnesota Vikings D for D- disappointed me all season. I, I hate the Vikings. I don't like Kirk Cousins. He has real like guy who creepily flirts with your wife energy <laughs> and and he doesn't he doesn't uh, the way he the pictures of him barbecuing have always just bothered me way more than is necessary i just and you know the quarterback's the face of the franchise and we'll talk about this with the next team and the next team who have very likable quarterbacks and there's just something very you know what's sad about un- the vikings though is likable. i have like a lot of uh, extended family that are in the minnesota area 
and I know so many nice people that are Vikings fans, and I think that plays into it. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, I don't care if you're nice. Get out of here. Screw you, Vikings. <laughs> so you're, you're a D also, though? You're good with D, uh, Eric? You don't yeah, push, yeah, I'm good with D. I, I certainly don't want anything from them. That we should be playing them this weekend. Right. So D. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It would be so great. Another reason. Yeah, stupid. T- another reason to hate them, because they didn't give us better tiebreakers. Okay. Uh, speaking of likable, fun quarterbacks and teams, uh, the New York football giants. This is the second most likable quarterback left. <laughs> Um, not according to Kevin, I, I, you traded him to me. I, I find Daniel Dimes to be quite fun and uh, like, uh, like he just, just seems like a real fun guy. And uh, this team is just, if this team's doing well, other than the fact that they're in New York City, which keeps them out of A tier, yep. I cannot put a team from New York City into A tier. But other than that, like the fact that they're going to be like the underdog story and stuff, I mean, I think that for me, Giants might be B tier. Is that is that crazy? I have them at C tier only because I just don't care about the New York Giants. I'm sorry, the football giants. I just the New York football. Yeah, giants. I just don't. I don't know, Kevin. Which so you would, your okay? If the Super Bowl was if the, go ahead. If the Super Bowl was Giants versus Bills, who would you root for? Bills. Bills. Okay, so it's a rematch versus, of one of the best Super Bowls I ever watched. Giants versus Chefs. 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 All right, so then yeah, we're C tier. There you go. So that settles it. Um, I I do think that they're they're they have a they have a they'll be fine. That's yeah, CSC is fine. There's I'm glad seat. they made it in there, and I think they could be even more fun in the future. I think they did a good coaching here. Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts is the most likable player in the NFL, not on the Seahawks for me. Okay, so it's like really Philadelphia hard, but Philadelphia makes it hard to put an A. <laughs> at Philadelphia makes it real hard to put him in A. I I think One for me, City. Eagles, Eagles, <laughs> Eagles or Giants. Uh, wow. I don't know, man. That's, that's real rough. I think it's Eagles for me too. It's which Eagles. I think makes it, makes I'm probably Eagles, but by, you can't see it, but by that much, by just a little bit. All right. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, D. F. <laughs> F tier. <laughs> There's no F tier, but yes. Bury okay. them under the uh, stadium. You heard me. I can, I can, I can add an F tier right now if you really need me to. And then would, would Dallas and SF San Francisco be in there together? I'd root for a Comet. Uh, if they were playing each other, yeah. So those are F tier teams. They're below. They're below the Chargers and the Vikings. We should Kevin. make a new tier. Um, okay, and then the last one: Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If, if they if they were playing to F. get into the Super Bowl, I <laughs> uh, I would I would root for if it was like Dallas versus the 49ers getting the Super Bowl. I would root for football to be canceled. What about what about if it was Tampa Bay versus either of those teams? Uh, Same. This guy, yeah, because Tom Brady. I, all three of these teams are in Oklahoma City Thunder territory. That's <laughs> I'm rooting Seahawks first, and every team that is facing these teams to. Well, it's bad because I'm a lifelong like I I like the Bucks all the way up until they signed Tom Brady, and then once they get rid of them, I'll like them again. But like right now, they have Tom Brady. Tom Brady is F minus tier, and he drags every team he's on to F tier. I love Botox. It. That's the, Bo- the Botox. Kevin can't handle it. All right. So there's our rooting interest. The Seahawks Nest podcast will be rooting for the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl, of course. But if they cannot, Bengals, Jaguars, in order, Bengals, Jaguars, Kansas City, Buffalo, Philadelphia, New York Giants, Baltimore Ravens, Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, Los Angeles Chargers, Dallas Cowboys, 49ers, Buccaneers. That's Oh, wait. Not, Buccaneers ahead of 49ers, right? I guess. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> they're, they're all bad. Okay, that's uh, that's that. Let's now let's let's get into it. Let's break down our matchup against the F tier 49ers, the team we hate so much. 
They have been quarterbacked by the most hyped up rookie in a long time. Six straight wins. The new Jimmy Gold Jackets, Kevin. Brock Purdy, uh, which Brock Purdy was the last pick in the NFL draft last year. So it's a, it's, a, it's a fun it's a fun story so for fun. if you it, it's real fun. If you if it was not the 49ers, I'd be having. A OK, great time. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, me back on the that 49ers, it's a uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. I really hate it. The we will fa- we'll show down with them. Uh, all right. So how do we feel? What are we what are we thinking? It, is Ryan Neal going to be back like that? This is it. It feels like every week he's he's closed. They they he was listed as limited in today's practice. Is he going to be back? I think it's a big deal if he's back. Do you guys agree? I with that? agree because he's the guy who can cover Kittle. Yeah, like we got destroyed by Kittle in the last game, and I think Ryan Neal can give him problems. He's really he's really played a great season. He was named Pro Football Focus's All Pro Safety, highest Pro Football Focus rated safety on the season. Um, people are there's actual real like people in just regular articles on like Pro Football Talk. Will call called him an all pro caliber safety. I don't know. He's just he's been really good, and it, it's tough to not to not have him uh, going into uh, this. Al Woods was limited, but that, I think that was just an, a limited old. Yeah, Bruce Irvin also limited. I'm pretty sure same thing. Shelby Harris was a non participant in practice. Uh, mm-hmm. Shelby Harris also not young. Yeah, so could also be an old. Uh, I'm. I want. I want to win this game badly. Yes. I, I cannot express how it's there's there's an it's an expectations thing. Um at this point in the season, like if you'd have told me before the season started, hey, you know, you're gonna have the fifth and the twentieth pick in the draft, I'd have been like, sweet, that's awesome. Like the Broncos got bounced in the first round of the playoffs and and we got you know, we played bad enough to get the fifth pick. Like that's surprising because I don't think Pete Carroll is gonna tank like that. <laughs> and then and then uh and then no, it's the opposite. You know, we got Denver's top five. This, I think, I read somewhere it's the first time a playoff team's ever had a top five draft pick, and so, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to to be able to be competing for a playoff spot and also know that our future's secure. We're not sacrificing anything really to be here, right? It's all gravy. We get we get the top five pick that we would have got if we would have quote unquote tanked, and we also get to have these kids get to have the experience here. You know, Noah Fant gets to appear in his first playoff game. Shelby Harris gets to appear in his first playoff game. All these guys, like Tariq Woolen, they all get to appear in their first playoff game. And I just think it would do so much for our franchise to get a win. And what's lucky for us is there's no expectation of that. The, the 49ers are 10-point favorites. The expectation is for us to lose and lose pretty points. badly. Yeah, the expectation is for us to lose pretty badly in this game. And... The expectation for the 49ers is to win by a lot. And the only thing that can happen for us is if we if we win this game, I mean, we get to hold it over their heads for the rest of our lives. We beat a division rival in a playoff game. I mean, it's just it's it would be the it would be the greatest. And we don't I, I lose it, to the 49ers it, twice in a season. So losing to them three times in a season would be like really upsetting. But oh, what a way to not lose to him three times! Hey, it would it would make the two losses not even matter to me. I'm going to the 2004 2005 season, not the Super Bowl year, but the year before, uh, back when I had season tickets, and you know we beat the Rams twice in the regular season, 
and it came to the a home playoff game against them. And I was there, lost by what six points. So Bobby Ingram couldn't come down with the ball at the end. It was heartbreaking. I stood, I sat in my seat until security told me I had to go because I didn't want to walk. <laughs> I'm serious. I didn't want to walk like the three quarters of a mile to my car and hear all the Rams fans go Rams baby. Like I, oh, I hate it so much. And so, he walked it like Bruce Banner at the end of the 70s. And 100% done, 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 done. So, yeah, this is that's all I can think about is like, what if you, we do that? Because we will shock the world. It'll be like the Beast Quake. You were, you're, it was kind of like this when you're walking back. Just, just some sad music for you. Eric. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay, so the uh, <laughs> I said the sad music from Avatar. The last is that really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that I'm. I, I just okay the 49ers they have the, their number one weighted DVOA they have the number one defense the number six offense the number 15 special teams it it's hard for me to see a, a clear path for victory but if we're going to win this game the offense needs to perform better than it has the last few weeks yeah. I think that is kind of the key to the game our defense they're not going to score a million points against us it's just not going to happen our defense is going to play good enough to, to, to keep us in the game. And Pete Carroll is not going to let us get embarrassed like that. Okay, we saw what happened on December 15th. He kept the game relatively close. They only scored 21 points. We're I don't see anything. The, the offense needs to be more efficient. The offense needs to play better. We need to run the ball better. We only had 12. Kenneth Walker had 12 rushing attempts for 47 yards in that game. That number needs to be higher and better. We cannot have Geno Smith throwing the ball 44 times for like five yards an attempt again. We, you, you're not going to dink and, dink and dunk. And the thing about running your offense like that is one bad play and your drive is over and you score zero points and you give the other team the ball back and they play ball control offense the way we want to and they're better at it than us. And then they, they mixed in a couple big plays to George Kittle. We had none of that. So that – that's I think what we got. The offense just has to perform better than last time. If the offense can get can get two or three big plays, you know we don't have a, a freak fumble, right? Was that that was the game with the Homer fumble, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we don't have freak fumble like that. This is a winnable game. Twenty-one to thirteen was the to- was the last game. We can take this down. We can get go in there. We can win twenty-one to seventeen. We can win twenty-four to twenty-one. Those are very reasonable scores. It's very possible. They're not going to run away with the game. It's just not not the way we're built, and it's not the way they're built. So for me, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited because we're going to play a competitive football game. Like this is this is exciting. I I I'm scared. <laughs> are are you scared? I'm uh I'm like the like the the hapless Jags fan. I am. I expect San Francisco to win, and I think they're uh, they're going to be flashing the pants. I just. I'm pl- I feel like we're playing with the house money. It's, I mean, they're going to fall to somebody. Thing. Why not us? If, if, even if we beat them, like, yeah, I'm not going to feel good about the second round game going to Philadelphia. So, so, so like, it's, it's not like I feel like the slipper can fit us all the way to the Super Bowl. Sorry, Brett. Sorry, everyone else on the Discord <laughs> who keeps joking about how we're winning the Super Bowl. But it, it, that I just don't see that. But this this specific matchup, Brock Purdy. It, is fine, but he's not, he's not good. He's gettable. There's nothing nothing special about what he's doing in a way that their offense is special because of two guys or three guys, McCaffrey, Samuel, and Kittle. 
if we can slow those guys down enough to hold them to, you know, 20-ish points like we did last time, then we can, we can, uh, I'm leaving out that Debo Samuel didn't play in the last game, which is, is he, is I don't he back? think you left it out, Nathan. I don't, I don't, he's not back, right? It's up for debate. Uh, oh, it's, it's like uh, two days ago, San Francisco Chronicle. Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel returned to action ahead of playoffs. All right. So, yeah, I, I, you know, maybe he's still dinged up, though. Maybe he's not Debo Samuel. He's going to be right? Decoy Samuel. Get it? No. no. I, I, can, I, I can handle Decoy Samuel. That's fine. So, yeah. No yeah, news on Rashad put... Penny. Don't look. I already did today. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I think that was all Rashad Penny just trying to hype us up. He was trying to, he was trying to get me. It's, it's a maybe. It's a maybe right now, but. If he's not off the, he's not off the injury report, then he's he's on the injury report, right? Yeah. All right, so let's go to it. Let's talk about our our scores and feelings about the game, Kevin. And me first. What, what what's going to happen in the uh, Seahawks versus at Seahawks at 49ers round one wild card playoff game? I think um, the Seattle pass rush has been improving, and that's going to be something that's really important. If our right side can get a good pass rush going and we could get some pressure on Purdy um, without having to blitz, I think that's a big deal because he definitely tore apart Arizona's blitz and Arizona blitzes a lot um, and their pass rush stinks. So if we can get some pass rush going, if we can get the run game going, I think that we have a chance at winning. But if I'm going with what the most likely outcome is, the most likely outcome is probably something along the lines of, 2417 San Francisco. Okay. Eric, what do you think? Um I look at this team in San Francisco and the fact that they pulled off that Christian McCaffrey trade is still irritating to me. I don't understand how this team is good. I really don't. I know that they have a quarterback whispering coach and a good defense. They've drafted well. Um their general manager is such a goof. I don't get it. But I have to give them you know, I'm not stupid enough to look at that spread and, you know, see how the Seahawks have played. Um, we win by rope-a-dope if we win, but right now I have it 24 uh, San Francisco and the Seahawks are at 13 with one touchdown. All right, you guys put me in an awkward position here where in my heart, I just want to pick the Seahawks because I, I think it's possible and it's more fun. But we do have uh, a secret power now that I feel like I can try to activate. So I'm going to go with San Francisco 28, Seahawks 21. Wink. All right, let's um, let's let's head over. Let's head over to uh, the uh, the money's on there. Many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so at Patreon.com/slash/SeahawksNest. It's for as little dollar twenty four a month. Join us in the Discord. Come chat, chop it up. Um, yeah, watch out for landmines. I don't know. <laughs> it's been. It's actually. Uh, been pretty pretty uh pretty fun in there though lately the amount of hype around this game has been fun so emmanuel yeah, we'll and some Brett draft Cooper. stuff going and also the movie oh. uh the movie scavenger <laughs> hunt will be getting posted sorry to the draft your phone the draft together. the draft the draft channel's already been popping off um see how much that i like which jordan addison i'm, I'm like obsessed <laughs> but like i just watch it and i'm like it's devonta smith again it's it's like we can get him now so I'm like very excited about the possibility of that because I would love to have Devonta Smith. Smith. And another thing too is 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 like 
you can just like cancel out every stupid bo- like flare screen they threw to this guy for no reason. I don't know. I don't understand the USC offense. I'm like the same thing with Drake London last year. I watched Drake London and I was like, I don't, I don't see it because all they do is throw screens to him. And then the same thing's happening this year with Addison. I'm like, okay, this is just what USC does, I guess. You know what's just, weird though? Different head coach, different, different coach. coordinator. Yeah, different <laughs> coach. It's same like, team. It's like, it's like, okay, well, we just throw a thousand screens for no flare screens to, for no reason. And it's funny too, because like every time he runs an actual route, he's wide open. It's like, it's like, hey, why don't you just have him? Why don't you just have him run some routes? You know, he's just wide open all the time. Anyway, Manuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Flocktimus, Gavin, Greta, James, Jose, Joshua, Lucas, Rad Dad, Nikki C, Ryan, Timothy, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, David, Foles, Jay, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Brandon, and Nick. Thank you guys for supporting the show and everyone else. See you in the Discord. Oh, we'll do. Also, we got that video game. Uh, I think I'm a video game review draft. It's going to be wild and yep. crazy and astro and i put together a uh movie uh scavenger hunt we'll put in the movie club it'll be pinned up nice. if anyone wants to join us off season off season scavenger hunt that's Let's it call it that the off season movie scavenger hunt so speaking of movies we uh, i finally we finally did it we've been hyping it up uh we watched i mean i watched it like a month ago but <laughs> glass no not a month <laughs> like two weeks i watched it like the third day it was available second day on streaming uh glass onion Knives Out Mystery, directed by Ryan Johnson, starring Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet, uh, Kate Hudson, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Adam Jr. Okay, so I want to say, if you haven't watched this movie yet, turn off the podcast, go watch it, come back, because we're not we're not going to leave uh, any stone unturned. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We're spoiled no layer as, as if as if as if it was uh, as if you've already seen it. We've all already seen it. So if you don't want to see our spoilers for this movie, I feel like I've delayed this long enough right i don't have to keep doing this we're like, gonna peel fill, back fill every layer fill a oh no all right so you can look um, inside the obvious place in the space in the middle of the onion I, okay kevin's um impersonation is not not perfect and that's why i love it so much <laughs> this movie this movie has like the you know how i always say i love like um cinematography that's workmanlike but perfect the Soderbergh style, like perfect workman cinematography. It's not flashy or extra. This movie is, is that there's nothing like, there's nothing like flashy about the cinematography or camera work in this movie. I mean, there is that one scene where the power's out and the lights are going around. Yeah. That's, that is really good. Actually that's in good general, stuff. there's some pretty neat that's, stuff done with lighting. That's, that's hard. That's hard to do. And that, that, that lighting stuff is really cool. But like these, the way that these, they, they make these people look, they all look like it's old school. They look like stars, you know, like this kind of, this is the kind of movie where the, the, the actors look like stars and it's cool. It's something, there's something really cool about the way they're, they're doing these movies with these, you know, they got Daniel Craig at the middle of it. And then they bring in these ensemble casts of straight up movie stars. And then, film it in a way that makes them look like movie stars. It's so cool to me. Well, and you know what it is? It's it's just blocking and framing. Like, so many movies are like, no, we're going to cut and react cut and cut and reaction cut. And these movies like, no, no, no. We're going to set up in the corner and watch a dinner party. And like you're saying, it's like watching a and they're, 50s, they do 60s these, like drama these, or something. They do these little cuts yeah. that are like not, they're not like um, they don't cut just, to someone's just... face. They cut to a different angle on the room. All they do is create like little. T- they create it creates tension. They use the cuts to incre- to ratchet up the tension, which is just such a cool way of uh, of doing the camera work. And um, 
Yeah. Uh, Eric. Yes. I, I want, I wanted to talk to you specifically about, about the music. I don't know if like you really like were connecting with the music in the way I was, but I was hoping you did because I like the score in these movies has like that. It makes it feel so. What's the, no, what's it's, the word I'm looking it's, for? Here? It's like a thriller. It's it gives tension, but it yeah. makes it. It's like an upbeat. So I do like it. It's uh, why I like the um, the Hercule Poirot movies. Is Agatha Christie mysteries kind of have these upbeat scores as it gets closer to being that's, solved. That's what it is. Yes. It's not. It's not like um. It's not like a like a traditional American thriller where it's like, oh, here's this like tense tense music and it makes you feel stressed because Trent Reznor's hitting the strings super hard. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not like that. It, there's. It's upbeat. It's like fun and almost whimsical. Maybe is a word I would. Yeah, use. I, mean, I would say whimsy is a good word for it. Whimsy's perfect because you're looking at, you know, you want this solved. You you kind of know the bad guy's not going to get away. I mean, I feel like that's how we why we love this, these types of movies so much is because, you know, uh, Benoit is going to get his guy. It's, it's, uh, and he's going to tell you how he did it. And on his way, like he's feeling the tension, but the, the upbeat music is, it's like, just matter of fact, here we go. We're going into it now. And it's, that's what makes it fun. Yeah. Did you guys like that Ethan Hawk cameo? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that was I, that was awesome. I don't know when it's not a super big actor cameoing. I'm kind of like, oh, and when I saw him, I was like, huh, all right. He was like in the movie for like a minute. Yes. I kept thinking like, oh, he's gonna get come back, but no, he didn't even get on the boat. Nope. <laughs> he just left. He just like he was like, all right, see you guys later, and have a good day. I, Ethan Hawke was in this movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, all right. Well, um, that's pretty cool. Uh, okay, the the opening of this movie, where Benoit Blanc is playing Among Us, I'm bad at I don't stupid know why. things. <laughs> Wait, I but, believe An- that- is Angela Lansbury one of the people there? I'm uh, pretty sure in the bottom left. Okay, I can't remember. Um, I can Google it if you want. Who is Benoit Blanc playing Among Us? With? I know I'm looking at the cast right now. It was, it was, it was. Okay, nice. <laughs> yes. So he's uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. Natasha Leone, uh, Stephen Sondheim, and Angela Lansbury. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great game of Among Us, dude. Maybe that's, Angela Lansbury's last movie too. But I love that. That scene is so funny. It's like a, such a funny way to present Benoit Blanc in like a different light. And he's in the bathtub, and he's got his husband's downstairs, uh, which is played by. Uh, uh, someone fa- it's someone really famous. Why can I? Why is it, it leaving? Joseph? My brain? Uh, no, Hugh Hugh Grant. Yes. No, it is, is Hugh Grant. Grant. it is Hugh Grant. It is Hugh yeah. Grant. Okay, so so that okay, good. It's my brain works still. So so then then yeah, then it's fun. And that scene like kind of sets up one. It gives us a little background, more background on Benoit Blanc, other than just he's the greatest detective on earth. But two, that through line of like I'm bad at stupid stuff came back. Yeah, the callback on that was delightful. I also like, it loved. Was, it was fun that that came back at the end. So the, the 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 Ryan Johnson thing that gets me in these movies, and it, it was with a few different things here. Um, one, uh, uh, Batista's mom solving the puzzle in the background. Mom! Was, <laughs> you know, with her giving the answers and everything, that was hilarious. And then the phone alert setting off the security on the Mona Lisa. So in these tense moments, all of a sudden you're like, ding, shook. 
and like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like those little running gags are like those completely unnecessary little pieces that make a movie like really kind of sing for me. Um, th- this this movie is full of those small details that you can see or not see and have fun with. Um, but I loved the puzzle opening sequence with the mom doing that. And then when she takes it down in the basement and smashes it with the hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I love how Benoit Blanc said, Oh, I got this box with a bunch of children's puzzles on top of it. <laughs> and the guy looked so offended. <laughs> well, after he did that at the dinner party, <laughs> ruined it. Yeah. It ruined the whole game. Oh yeah. Just instant, instantly solved the, 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 the dinner party mystery. And then the, when he gets shot and the, the blood's just squirting out after he already solved the mystery. Yes, that was so good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was it's a perfect so anticlimax. Yeah, I liked I liked the the Denomine performance having to play like the two characters. She was really she good. Did, she did a she did. really good job. Yeah, that was, I thought that was cool. And the accent work was was pa- at least passable. Like it, it was good enough. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Like for some reason, southern accents always sound a little cartoony to me. So like, I <laughs> I never I, it doesn't it's, it doesn't matter if it's a good southern accent or not. It, to me, it always sounds like a like a little bit of like I don't know if it's like I'm I, my brain was ruined by foghorn leghorn or something. That's hundred percent what it is. Um, uh, I I guess for me, like, did anyone have a favorite character outside of Daniel Craig's character in this movie? Birdie for me. I I know like it's it's an offbeat choice, but that sweatpants thing okay. was so effing funny to me. I was just you thought a sweatshop was a shop that makes sweats. I was like seriously, was like, that's the best thing anyone has ever. That's a, that's the best joke. One hundred percent. It's so it's so she funny. One hundred percent. <laughs> I was just dying. Like you, you thought a sweat sweatpants sweatshop sweatshop make sweatpants. Okay, I really <laughs> liked Edward Norton's uh, play of Miles Braun um, that, because that Elon Musk, that Elon Musk analog. Yes, because like... they go back and show you all the points where he's using vocabulary wrong, and I caught some of them, but not all of them. But just in general, the way the character was, there was something where you're like, this guy is such a dweeb, like. God, like this guy must have gotten beaten up so much in high school is the is the vibe he manages. So he manages to play somebody who is obviously not self-assured, but wants to come across as extremely self-assured. And that's like a weird role to play. And he plays it really well Mm -hmm. to just be like, like, oh, man, what a punchable face he has the whole time. It's really good. they really sold like the Edward Norton's character is crazy rich thing too with the the fitness with Serena in the gym <laughs> where Serena was like, are you guys going to just talk or are you going to work out? And it's like really Serena would. Uh, Jared Leto's hard kombucha. <laughs> and then uh, I was wondering then, if he was uh, going to show up and I looked in the cast and like he didn't provide a voice or anything. That's what about Jeremy Renner? J- Jeremy Renner's uh, hot sauce yeah. yes. with his face on the label. You could see it running, really yeah, well. running hot. <laughs> Renning Hot is a really bad name for a hot it's sauce. Terrible. By the way, Jeremy Renner, I uh, hope you're hope you're doing well. I know he had a snowplow accident or whatever. So Ironic after the hot sauce, not the cold. I don't want to make him fun of him uh, too much. So, but apparently they're thrilled with his progress and recovery. So good. Whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that yeah. There's there's just so many little gags in here, and then I loved the uh, non sequential storytelling. Like that little piece made it so that it was a movie that was longer than two hours and didn't feel its entire runtime. 
because we had the non-sequential storytelling that breakup made so that the pacing was really good which required a lot of good editing and a lot of really clever shots to make it so that everything looked right as you went through this, the same story a second time like all that was sewed up really nicely yeah, I saw, like the way they they like kind of made it feel like oh Duke almost blew up his spot so many times <laughs> and they like showed they kept showing flat it's like when he was talking about um when I went to Anderson Cooper's hat yes. party, <laughs> so funny. So yeah, that that uh, that stuff. So it's great. They did a really good job. And it it's it was. I was not like a full on believer of the like. Oh, they'll follow this up and it will be good. But they did a really great job. Like they did a good job, kind of coming in with a second act that felt. Um, worthy and maybe even better than the first and a lot of people are mad like oh i saw a lot of the twists coming like yeah well, that the whole they... mysteries aren't mystery books aren't good unless you can figure them out this is the problem with m night Shyamalan's thank you stuff a lot of the time it's like his mysteries are too much like you could never see them coming because it's like way too out of left field you a good mystery gives the readers hints. It's why so many people, Game of Thrones spoiler incoming, uh, knew, you know, R plus L equals J, right? It's like, yeah, that's obviously like the, the author is giving you the clues because it's an important part of the story and it's fun to figure out the mystery with the characters. You're supposed to figure some of it out. Um, now, what's cool is like seeing all the little things that you missed, right? Like when they do the reveal and you see like, oh, that's I saw that part. one, yeah. but I didn't see I didn't see that one or I yes. didn't see that one. That's that's very fun. Or when you're like, so, oh, it's this or this. And then it gets to that spot and you're like, oh, it was that one. Oh, yeah. like when they keep like just enough options open where you want the reveal to confirm it. Like that feels mm-hmm. good. It does. Yeah. It's it was exciting. Great movie. Um, I loved it. Eric, any other comments? Uh, any things you want to throw in about favorite scenes, favorite parts? Uh, uh, did you like when they flash back to the glass onion and they had them like <laughs> the characters in the, what was it in like in the nineties or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like <laughs> that because uh, I mean, I love seeing funny, people's funny hair, but Janelle Monet uh, <laughs> opening the puzzle. The only way Eric Ronabek would open the puzzle. <laughs> just, you wouldn't have been in the group. You wouldn't have been in the group phone call. Just, uh, just getting all the, Getting all the answers. Guys, like I figured it out, and here's the proof. Oh, how quick. I don't want to talk about it because I just busted it open. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a series a... of child's puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was really, it's a really fun, it's a really fun movie. I would, I mean, I would recommend it to anyone. Like, if you love mysteries, if you love, you know, any, have any love for this genre, it's, it was, it's great. I can't so, wait for, uh, you know, I, uh, linoleum donut a glass onion sequel a knives out mystery like sign me up um, for as many benoit blanc movies as you want to make with ryan johnson i am i'm here for all of them all right so my favorite so my favorite letter rocks reviews uh casting call for this film was like milfs and dilfs only <laughs> <laughs> um it is terrifying to witness a billionaire entrepreneur hold people captive to his whims, even while he demonstrates that he's a complete moron and not suitable to lead a marching band, let alone humanity into the future. Anyway, enough about what's happening on Twitter right now. Glass Onion was a fun movie. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, lots of people agree with me that the sweatpants joke was uh, was great. Um, will Edward Norton ever be normal? Um, yeah. Anyway, I... I think like there's a there's a movie here where it's like this there's like a undercurrent of like you know people are frustrated with income inequality movies like this and the menu are but we're both re- are both really hot right now. Um, Menu's on the watch list. 
and uh, I watched the menu. You guys have neither of you have seen it? No, that's on my watch list. Um, I will say this: it hit. It's gonna hit different for me. Maybe, maybe you'll you'll you guys have worked jobs that are similar. But as someone who worked in, I was, I've done kitchen work. restaurant, and I worked in the front of house restaurant, and I worked in high volume restaurants and and not high volume restaurants, and I. I have several, just several different experiences. Oh my gosh, I hit my hand on the microphone. Sorry, guys. Uh, but uh, it just, it just hit for me in a way that I thought was really interesting, and I think maybe it won't be that it won't be quite as as hard for uh, for for everyone who hasn't worked in the kitchen. But it's fun. I've never worked in um, a food service, but I am a fan of food. Yeah, of eating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Uh, how many of these movies would you watch? Like, is there a limit to how many? I guess they're called Knives Out movies now. I'm easily but... in for four. Because four, four is one more than... <laughs> you'll be surprised. Four is one more than three. But three is like when they wrap it up. And four, where we might find with John Wick, it might get a little tiresome. I think four is going to be fine. Five? Ooh, maybe that's when it's tiresome. But four, definitely in four. I think the way they changed the cast up completely um, will keep these movies fresh enough that I can just keep... The stakes aren't that high. That's what's so good about it. I'll take it. an even baker's use... dozen there, Eric. Ooh. Yeah, I was gonna say I could I could watch infinite of these. If Roger <laughs> if Dan, sorry, not Roger Craig. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel Craig. Bring it back to football, guys. That's it. If Daniel Craig wants to uh wants to make the movies, these movies for the rest of his career, uh, I'm not gonna stop him. <laughs> That's what he wants to do. It's kind of funny how uh, fun. what's the um what's the heist movie that he made? Uh the Logan Lucky. I feel like his character in Logan Lucky was like the the trial run for oh, I can see that um, for Benoit Blanc. I I love uh, Logan Lucky. That movie's great, and his character's great. And it's a similar thing where it's just like the 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 shots are so workmanlike, and that that everything's just just perfect. And I mean Brian Gleason and Sebastian Stan in that movie. Holy smokes! <laughs> uh, I I just yeah, there's just so much going on in Logan Lucky. Um, I love Soderbergh. You guys know it. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows it. I doesn't matter. I know that. I know that his uh, his newer stuff, Kimmy, and No Sudden Move, and they stuff, were fine. Uh, They're fine. Laundromat sucked, but I'm in for Magic Mike's Last Dance, guys. I said it last week. I'll say it again. <laughs> uh, I'm in for the Last Dance. Let's do it. All right, for Kevin, for Eric, we'll be dancing next week. Hopefully, go Hawks. <laughs>